You're listening to CPR. My name is Rex. And my name is Josh. And that's the first time we've done a normal intro. Imagine that. It's crazy. So good to be here for episode four. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. If you would like to know what we're going to talk about, um, so we will talk about a new form of bullying. And then another one, Trump, Twitter, and censure, censure, censorship. I can speak sometimes. Censorship. Censorship. That's going to be <laughs> difficult. And then last, but maybe least, I don't know. Oh, it, does, it depends. Should churches open? All right. But before we get to that, Rex, what happened in your week? Hmm. I was gonna like think about it and be like, oh, what did happen in my week? But literally nothing but work and school happened in my week. Oh, well, that's kind of sad. Yeah, it is kind of sad, isn't it? No. But this is my last week of school ever, hopefully. Wow. Yeah. So send an email to Rex and Josh CPR saying, happy graduation, Rex. I'm not graduating for a while, though. Um, so if you wanted to know what happened in my week, which I'm glad you asked, um, my dad and I decided to go camping because oh. it, um, it was a nice day. Actually, it was forecasted to rain, <laughs> but we decided <laughs> to still- It was a nice day. <laughs> but we decided to still go anyway. Um, so we um, put up our tent in the uh, vast wilderness of the outdoors. Oh, boy. The fearless. No. Fearless? Yeah, we were fearless. That's what I meant to say. Ah, okay. Um, and so, and we had to brave the disgusting creatures known as fire ants. Oh my Fire ants are the worst. Um, we were actually scared there might be some bears or mountain lions. Um, but fortunately, we didn't run into any bears. Maybe, but depending on where you can't, so I don't think mountain about lions. maybe an hour after uh, we um, put up our tent, my uh, mother came out of the house um, and wanted to check on how we were doing. So, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we had a fun time, uh, my dad and I, camping in the backyard. Oh, that's great. Um, so, yeah, fortunately, we did not get eaten by any bears. It was lots of fun and it, dangerous. We yes. were thrill seekers, obviously. Thrill seekers, camping in the backyard. All right, so first off, I wanted to ask Rex about a new form of bullying that may or may not come forth. Um, so there was bowling, bullying, like bullying. Okay. Yeah. I thought we were talking about, you know, like heavy ball and the pins and bowling. I heard bowling. Oh, <laughs> both times you said that I did. Well, I meant you need bully. to enunciate bullying, Josh. like mean guys, like what Rex does to me. Got it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I probably do bully him more than I should just so you guys know, but I'm working on it. Shame on you, Rex. <laughs> so there were some shoppers in a store, like a grocery store really? or something like that. There Imagine people that. shopping in a store. And then there were two shoppers specifically. One was wearing a mask and one was not. And the one who was wearing a mask decides to start yelling and saying not nice things, hmm. um, bad words and whatnot to this shopper because 
this shopper was not wearing a mask. Was this shopper you? No. It's, oh, okay. It was like a national news story. Oh, okay. Apparently, I don't keep up with the news. <laughs> and so, um, and this has happened like lots of places. And people are mad at people who don't wear masks. They certainly because are. Because they believe they're endangering society. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a couple questions here. And Rex, what are your thoughts on masks? Should we wear masks or no? Ooh, I think, like all things, masks and whether or not to wear them should be left up to the individual, just like um, most other protective devices. I mean, obviously, companies reserve the right to not allow people to wear masks or to make people wear masks. So, like, if there's a restaurant that does will not open if people won't wear masks they they reserve that right but i don't think out and about other people have any choice over whether people should wear masks so Mm -hmm. um and i mean there you talk to somebody they'll have evidence to back up why that you should wear a mask you talk to somebody else to have evidence to back up whether you shouldn't wear a mask yeah for sure um and it's a really divisive issue i think um somebody i know i won't name this them specifically they have like um issues like breathing and stuff and Mm -hmm. when they have to wear a mask it's like really hard for them to breathe yeah Um, for sure i remember i'll just add this side note i was at work on monday and i don't i felt like i was going to pass out because i have to wear a mask and i'd been out in the sun all day and the air conditioning is broken at work oh and so it was hot in there and i was sunburnt and I was trying to breathe through this mask, and it was not going so well. So I Did got you sent die? Home. No, I got sent home early, luckily. Um, okay. Are people going to start um, fighting other people, other shoppers, or just out and about? Um, like we've seen these rare circumstances, will they exp- um, expand and become normal for people to start yelling at um their neighbors because they're not wearing masks well i certainly hope people won't start a fisticuffs because that would break all of the rules of social distancing and that you you have to be closer than six feet to punch somebody so really it just doesn't work at all yeah but uh what about like yelling and swearing and stuff like i that? mean yelling and screaming it, it's absolutely their right to do that but i think it's dumb <laughs> um but again it's a free country you're free to be dumb if you want I, I think Rex it's kind and I of a, are all the time. Yeah, I know. I mean, we do this podcast. You guys know. But I think it's kind of disappointing that it's gotten to this point where it's so divisive that people feel the need to fight over it. I, I, I mean, there's not really a whole lot you can do to stop it unless you're going to start regulating whether or not people can yell at each other or not. And I think that's a really dangerous territory. Um, there was somebody who was interviewed by, I believe, CBN and... She, I think it was a she, she was yelling at uh, some people on a golf course, actually. They're on, like, the, a green or something like that, and they were not social distancing. <gasps> oh, my goodness. And so she uh, yells at him, and she's like, you're not going to consider that what you're doing could kill somebody? And I think she, like, calls the police on him or something like oh. that. And she says lots of other things, too, that are not acceptable. Yes. Um, but for especially even outside, like um, wearing a mask outside, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, I am torn on the effects, how much um, wearing a mask really affects everything. Because I've heard that 
different types of masks have a different amount of effect on prote- both protecting you. That was really poor grammar. Different masks have different levels of protection, both for the people around you and for you. Some of them protect you, but don't protect other people. And some of them work the other way. So I don't know how much the effects would be changed outside, but taking into account factors like wind and stuff like that, I I have no idea. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of point to me, but I know that from what from what we've heard at least the it is most transferred directly from person to person not through any sort of like object or anything like that so if you are going to take a level of protection i think masks are the best but i don't know that wearing a mask outside is going to do a whole lot especially if you're staying away from other people all right and i want to turn now to trump twitter and censorship oh my goodness i said the word right wow good job um so i don't know if you um heard this rex trump tweeted something about mail-in ballots about how they could be a recipe for um fraud uh for voter fraud no i did not hear about and so twitter apparently didn't like it so they slapped a um it was a uh, fact check on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the source of the fact check was uh, CNN. Oh. And <laughs> um, so the fact check, um, and so Twitter, in effect, is saying this This is the first time they've, um, they've fact checked anybody. And mm-hmm. so, in a way, they could be turning themselves from... Um, Senator uh, Marco Rubio said that they could be turning themselves from a forum to mm-hmm. into a publisher because if they stand behind whatever the fact checker is saying, mm-hmm. and that could remove kind of their uh, the liability shield in the law for like forums and stuff. So they um, they are essentially removing their legal protection for being sued for what people can say if the other going to continue this fact checking. Interesting. Um and um I mean the mail-in ballots is like a totally separate issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, for sure. Um but if what do you think about uh Twitter and other social media about censoring what they do start fact checking? I mean people lie on Twitter all the time. Really? Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> But are, is Twitter going to start fact-checking everybody? Or mm-hmm. are they just going to single out um, conservative voices or Republican voices or high-up voices, like authority-wise? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Well, I I will say I've been on Twitter for four years now, somewhere about there. And I know recently they talked about some changes that they were making. This was probably like a year ago. They made some changes to their policy, and they said they were going to start tolerating less politics, just from all sides. And they were going to be making some changes to their policy in that direction. And from what I read, I'm okay with what they're doing. First of all, I think the thing about Twitter is it's a platform. It's absolutely their platform, and they reserve the right to do with it what they want. But I also agree with you that it should remove some legal protection if it's more of a... Well, hmm. I'd really have to think about that, because 
I think it should be left up to the people that use the platform to decide whether or not they want to use it based off of what it represents. But um, I do like Facebook. Apparently, um, I just saw an article that on my Facebook timeline uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Apparently, Facebook executives that this is just the headline. I haven't read the article, but Facebook executives shut down efforts to make the site less divisive. And so from what I can tell, just based off of that headline, that means they're going to be taking less in having less involvement in what people say. And I I think that's totally acceptable, but I don't know because Twitter has a lot of divisive opinions on it as well, but I've never seen that. That's always been something that is controlled by the people. Because whenever you go to a post on Twitter that is controversial, there are always comments under it that are supporting it. And there are always comments under it where people are violently raging against the person that tweeted it. And I think that is the best way to police on a platform like that. I don't think that the the platform should be involved in controlling it. If there's stuff that goes against Twitter's policy... Because Twitter is the platform and they have a policy. So they are supposed to follow that first and foremost. So if something breaks their policy, I absolutely agree that they should reserve the right to take it down. But fact-checking, I think, is better left to the people than to the platform to decide what is true. Yeah, and um, it's... Sorry, that was rambly. (laughs) um, So far, it's only been... um, I mean, I think it's only been this once, but if they start doing it, are they going to um, start fact-checking um, the other side, the left? Because there have been, um, like, like um, the uh, representative from California, Adam Schiff, mm-hmm. he um, has uh, demonstrably been shown to be a liar, and he used Twitter to spread a lot of his lies. And, um, I mean... Oh, he goes into it. Also, a separate issue with mm-hmm. uh, um, supposed Russia collusion and stuff like that. Um, but why was he not censored for um, being shown to be a liar? And Trump is, and I mean, essentially, what what happened with Trump was in what way was he censored? Just out of curiosity, um, he w- so it did it, they remove the tweet. No, they didn't. They put a big, huge fact check label saying uh, this has never been shown to be true. And, okay. Uh, and they used it was like a CNN, like I mean, of all of all places, why not like NPR or, or something like, like Snopes that? Snopes or something like that. Um, CNN is obviously an anti-Trump um, mm-hmm. news outlet. So I I just thought it was um, it was an interesting topic to mm-hmm. think about. Definitely. Um, and I want to now turn to a question, uh, should churches open? Yeah. Um, I mean, do they have a quote moral obligation to save lives and remain closed? Um, some people would argue that they do. Some would take the other side of the issue. Mm-hmm. What are your initial thoughts about that? Well, I think there's really two questions that need to be asked here. The first one is, should churches be allowed to open? to which I think the answer is a simple yes. And then the question of should churches open? And I think that should be left up to the churches themselves 
because absolutely there are churches, my church in particular, that would like to open up and people are not nervous about spreading or contracting the virus. Should they be allowed to open up? I think so. But there are churches in a lot of places, especially older churches and churches with people that are at a lot of high risk. Should they open up? Maybe not. It might be better for them just because of their congregation's either age or level of risk. It might be better for them to stay closed purely for the safety of their congregants. But I don't think it's more out of necessarily a moral obligation. I think it's... Well, I I think the really important thing is to focus on it more as a case-by-case basis. It's not going to be the same for every church, and it's really going to depend on will people start coming back. Yeah, and um, I think this has kind of been a theme throughout all of our podcasts of it should be left up to the individual, Mm -hmm. Um, whatever they believe, uh, because obviously no one's forcing you to go to church. Yeah. Um, so if it opens up and you aren't comfortable with going, then nobody's making you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that um, I, I believe that they should open it up. And those who believe that they are, well, I don't want to say afraid, but they are cautious mm-hmm. or they aren't as optimistic, then they can stay home while the other people who are desperately wanting to go to church, um, that they are able to, um, they're able to go. Yeah. I think the important thing would be if they, if churches do decide to open up to not immediately cut off all of their support. First of all, to keep supporting people that don't feel safe to go out and keep taking care of them because obviously we're supposed to be taking care of people as the church no matter what's going on in the world so even if they start to open up to not forget about the people that are at risk and then also i think it's important to keep things like live stream church services going i don't know what your church has been doing but our church has either been filming in advance or live streaming a service and i think that's an important way to keep supporting those people that are at risk and staying home and I think you really need to ask yourself, um, is why is going to church important? Why do people? Why would people rather uh, go to an actual live service instead of uh, watching online? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, it's really something interesting to um, ask yourself. And there are a lot of different things you could say. I think I believe uh, at least a couple are that putting forth the effort. Um, of going to church or dedicating part of your week uh, to going to church for um, to um, to God basically mm-hmm. is um, I think a necessary part because if we just say oh let's watch a video right now then mm-hmm. we aren't really putting forth as much effort as um, obviously going um, but it's kind of like oh it's basically like watching a movie and mm-hmm. we're like, Oh, that one, that sermon wasn't as good. That was kind of boring. Or they're like, Oh, that, that's a good sermon. Some, something like that. You know? Yeah. And, um, we almost start thinking of things in terms of, Oh, that sermon was 4.5. out of, <laughs> <laughs> Um, kind of just like, Oh, what was that sermon rated on rotten tomatoes? <laughs> um, 
instead of actually uh, connecting with God. That's just what I feel. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I can definitely I can definitely see that. I think one of the biggest things for a lot of people at church is the uh, the fellowship. I I'm not necessarily one of those people. I I'm perfectly fine without a like a greeting time and things like that. But I can definitely I know there's a lot of people that have been missing that. And there's so there are so many verses that you can point to that talk about the importance of fellowship and gathering with one another. So I think taking that into account is a really important part of whether or not churches should reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, says, do not neglect the gathering together of the saints. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of a second part to this question. Why are Christians not spared by God from the coronavirus? Hmm. And... Um, I think it's because God is really not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. Um, he's not like this vending machine. We say, oh, I would like number, or I would like A4, please. And you put something in, like you put some prayer or you put some worship in, and then you get whatever you want out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a hard concept to kind of grapple with, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, to say, a well, why, if God truly loved us, people might say, why wouldn't he save us from everything? And we really, I think a lot of us just need this, this growing time, uh, uh, just the suffering produces character type of thing. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's a really, and this will tie into something we'll probably talk about later, but I think the the big question is like why doesn't God protect us from anything? And it's like the coronavirus is this time of rain, let's say. Because uh there's a lot of people that don't like rain. I love rain personally. I think it's great. But um I the don't like the coronavirus. But the thing is if people complain about the rain sometimes, but if you've never seen the sun, why why would you complain about the rain? There, there's the rain is all you've ever known. Then there's no point in hoping for something better. And so I think it kind of ties in here. Whereas I'm I'm making this point poorly, but essentially what I'm trying to say is God is so much bigger than just the coronavirus. There there's so much more to the story, and I think. If we expected protection from every little thing, and there may be some cases where people are protected from the coronavirus by God. We don't know. That could be, there could be like a thousand people that didn't get the coronavirus when they should have just because God specifically protected them. He's not going to protect every Christian just because. It's not going to be a, oh, well, you follow me, so I'm going to make sure everything's perfect in your life. Yeah, so I could keep going, and maybe I will later. But well, that was that was good. Um, I thought we might be able to turn now to some of our peer questions. Peer questions. <laughs> that was great. I'm gonna start doing that every single time. I like it. We All need right. inside jokes. So we have one from Leah. Leah. 
in North Carolina. North Carolina. If Jesus is God's son, and when we accept Jesus, we become children of God, does that mean, theoretically, that Jesus is our brother? Ooh, interesting question there. Mm-hmm. And I uh, consulted a theological expert just to solidify my opinion on this. Was this theological expert yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm okay, great. no theological expert. Um, but it was Romans 8.17 that I turned to. And it says um, that we are joint heirs with Jesus. That was the verse I was going to think of. <laughs> yes. So basically, to answer your question, Leah, yes, we are. All well, right. What? Well, let, let's discuss this a little more. It, is a, being a joint heir the same thing as being a brother? It's like an adoptive relationship. Good point. There we go. That I think that answers the question better than just the verse on its own. Um, Chase says, some governments and companies such as SpaceX are pushing to make permanent bases on Mars. Do you think constructing Mars bases are worth the time, money, and effort they would cost? Could they eventually produce more than they cost to make? Question mark. Uh, Rex, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, Mars bases. Super cool concept. I would love to go to Mars and see what it's like. Also super pointless concept. Way too expensive. If Elon Musk wants to do it on his own money, I'm sure he can go for it. But I don't want my tax my tax dollars going to that, especially because we're, we're waiting for a new heaven and a new earth. Um, so I'm hoping for some remodeling here on earth. But Mars, <laughs> it's like, why would we go bother? I don't know. Maybe we'll go to Mars. Bother the Martians. Yeah, I just, I don't really see the point, but if somebody with a lot of money would like to do that, then go for it. Man, what if Elon Musk bought Mars? What if Elon Musk sponsored our podcast? Whoa, that is a great question. That is a great question. All right, so Joanna says, if you could have any superpower... What would it be? What would it be, Josh? Mine would be... Oh, this is a great question. Well, my favorite superhero is Green Lantern. Not because I've seen the movie or read any comics. I just like... I really like the concept of a brave guy with a thing that... A ring that can do anything. Cool. <laughs> um, but... So, I like the, that with that knowledge. But also, I think that just plain flight would be great. But yeah, I don't know if you could have flight without invincibility, because you could just like run into things and then kill yourself. Well, I, I think the that wouldn't be fun. thing about flight is knowing how to control it and make the most of it, and being aware of your surroundings, like a bird. Yep. See, I, no, because you know how many birds I've seen like run into my window back there. That's fair. Birds are not <laughs> they like particularly intelligent. It fall to the ground, look up, and then run into it again. Oh, yeah. there's um, There used to be a robin at our house that would, every spring, he would come back, and he would see his reflection in our glass door, and he would think it was another male robin, and so he would want to fight it. It would basically, while I was doing schoolwork, every 10 or 15 seconds, there would just be this thud in the window. I'd get rid of that bird. I know, but it's. I didn't want to just go out and murder a robin, so I kind of just left it. But it was really annoying. 
Um, Joanna has a second. Oh, you didn't answer. Oh, um, if I had to pick a superpower, it would be telekinesis because it's awesome and super versatile. So she has a second part to her question. Uh, and what are things to say to people who ask the question, why does God allow bad things to happen? And we kind of talked about this earlier, Mm -hmm. didn't we? We did. Um, I think probably one of the best examples is the thing I mentioned and not because I mentioned it, but because I heard it mentioned, um, just the concept of if there's no standard for evil, then we wouldn't really understand the difference between good and evil. There, there's a whole lot of nuance there. I'm not saying you should just say that straight up, but thinking about the idea that there are bad things, why are there bad things in the first place as opposed to why are there good things in the first place? And how do we understand that? I think that's a good place to start, but I don't think that's the whole answer on its own. Yeah, um, I think just because, kind of like what we were saying earlier, God doesn't want us to think of him as just something that uh, we can just ask anything and we'll get anything. Mm-hmm. Even, um, unfortunately, if, if it comes to protection yeah. from some things. But it's not uh, that God leaves us to fend for ourselves during the storm, that he comes alongside us and he helps us grow mm-hmm. through the conflicts. Yeah. Um, and then we have a, one last question. He says, Sen- hey guys, I was just wondering, since your name is CPR, could you enlighten me on how to administer CPR? I've tried in the past with no luck. Oh, no. That's <laughs> oh concerning. Um, any help would be appreciated. Oh, my goodness. If you're asking me how to do CPR, you're not going to have much luck because whoever, that, would, that person would unfortunately not make it. I would not know what to do. And I sadly would not either. I did CPR training in the past, and I also worked on a project for a company and I created a first aid and CPR training course and I subsequently forgot pretty much everything in that hour-long course that I created. We can do some research and get back to you next time. Just don't find any people that are suffocating in the next week and you should be okay. (laughs) Yeah and if you're listening do not suffocate or do not need CPR around us because you're on your own pal. Yeah pretty much. All right, uh, that was our last question. All right, Josh, I think I think that was a pretty solid episode. I, I think we did a good job. As always. Oh, yeah. Now, if you would like to ask us questions, where can they go, Josh? Oh, they can go to rexandjoshcpr at gmail.com. You certainly can. Or you can message us or tweet at us. Uh, we are at Rex and Josh CPR on both Twitter and Instagram. And if your name happens to be Elon Musk and you want to sponsor us, we will not turn you down. We certainly will not. Or if your name isn't Elon Musk and you want to sponsor us, I mean, we won't turn that down either. So. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in this time, guys. Yeah. We'll see you next week. I've and, been Rex. Oh, and I've been Josh. Burp, burp, burp.